Welcome to True and Unpolished with Lydia Singleton and Mary Howe. Our intention is to uplift, amuse, and inspire you to create more of a life you'll love through sharing our always true and often unpolished conversations. Let's get authentic, everybody. Hello, everybody. We're back. In today's episode, you're going to hear Mary and I talking about you know, being in that space where we actually feel inspired, like we feel like the universe is speaking to us directly. And in our conversation, I reference a poem and it is by Elizabeth Gilbert and it is amazing. It's not very long, but I think it's important to start by sharing the poem with you. Take a listen. How shall you proceed today? By Elizabeth Gilbert. How shall you proceed today? Well, I've given you some simple things to do. Things that are so rudimentary, they fall well beneath the line of thought. This is my gift. This is to show you what easy feels like. I won't tell you how to prepare for the next four years or the next 40, but look here, sitting right in front of you is a small thing. The cutting board has been used and now it will need to be cleaned again. The roll of tape, which is out of its drawer, would very much like to be put back into its drawer. And it's time to add more wood onto the fire, after which your chai needs to be reheated and then consumed. Can you manage all that? Look how well you do at it. Do you notice how such small, simple tasks never end? Can you see how generously I filled your life with the opportunity for one tiny pleasant victory after another? You who used to seek trophies and transformations, you who wanted so badly to escape anything that felt ordinary, but now you are beginning to understand what you once dismissed as ordinary is actually just a magical conveyor belt of tiny achievable missions, each one designed to teach you how capable you are and how necessary and marvelous. So here you go. Harness all your skills and talents toward putting your shoes back into the closet. Then gently close the door as only you can. Nothing is more important than that. Once you are finished, stand back and observe with me how beautiful it all looks. All these small things, nicely done. And you too, don't ever forget it. You are a small thing, nicely done. This is exactly what we're talking about today. This space. When you can get into that space where you are just present and just doing that which is in front of you, that's when the magic happens. That's when the inspirations come. We tend to overlook things like putting the cutting board back. And, you know, these are all just things we've got to get done, right? We're just trying to get these things done. And in reality, when we embrace them, when we can live in that space of, look, here I am putting the cutting board away, that is when our minds open and there is enough space for miracles, intuition, and inspiration to occur to us. So I invite you to harness all your skills and talents and see if you can open your mind and your heart 
see what this episode has for you. We'll just go, go ahead and record. And yeah, I'm uh, recording. I think the title of this episode should be, Do You Believe in Magic? Okay, so we took our breath and we stated our intention to be truly helpful. I'm shuffling. Okay, the Oracle's Gift is the card. Key concepts, second sight, clairvoyance, seeing the future, fate as a future determined by the choices you make now, seeing the signs around you, recognizing potentials versus absolute determinism. When we ask for a sign from the universe, we are essentially asking for divine guidance that we believe needs to come from a source outside of us. This is because we don't always trust our intuition, our ability to read between the lines and see beyond time and space. And so we ask for signs and look for a mystical reassurance that our mundane lives don't seem to offer. However, an oracle simply provides an answer that is already inside us. Oracles show up in a myriad of ways. Sometimes you see a billboard or hear a song or pull an oracle card and get the exact message you need to support your choices or show you the way forward. Regardless of how the sign appears, an oracle is a reminder that you are part of this vast universe. You are witnessed by the great mystery and loved and cared for. It's a rem reminder that life is magical. You are magical. Today, trust in your own capacity to know what is right, to tune into source, and also be able to read the signs reflecting what is true and real within you. Let the oracle give you the gift of knowing that you are indeed on the right track. Repeat the mantra. The light within me creates miracles in my life. That is amazing. I know it's exactly right. Because that's exactly what we're going to talk about. I know. It's like literally exactly. <laughs> I know. And we were going to talk about something else, but decided to talk about this instead because it felt better. Today. Yeah. And what is weird is that I was going to suggest that we not decide which one until we drew a card. But then I told you, like I gave some feedback and you're like, yeah, that feels good to me. So we went on. So I think we know we're, we're on the right track. Sometimes we force magic and sometimes it just happens. And true magic is when we just kind of let go and see what is already there. Yes. I have had a pattern over the last eight or so years and longer probably of seeing different in particular, you know, I pay attention to my dreams, but in particular animal symbolism shows up in my life. Like as I am walking through um, the yard, you know, the other day, what I saw was this massive snail and I mean, it was like, I don't know, it was big. I don't know what size snails you're used to coming across, but <laughs> it actually wasn't the biggest one I've ever seen, but it was big. So yeah. this massive snail crosses my path and that is after David sends me a picture of a turtle that is at his work in the parking lot. The turtle was before the snail. And so clearly the message may have been for him, but it was really mm -hmm. must have been for me because 
showed up in this massive way, like, hello, yeah. pay attention to this message. Um, the other thing I was thinking about, both have, both the turtle and snail have shell, shells. They take They're, their home with them. They take their home with them. But also, I mean, I was thinking about boundaries, setting boundaries in a healthy way mm -hmm. to protect that's in to protect ourselves is so important yes yeah so i my I, the same thing's been going on for me and you know i've talked about everybody knows that i'm in brain spotting and what will happen after our brain spot is you know it's difficult while i'm doing it because you know you're essentially you want to be activated you want to be triggered in order to kind of release stuff so it's difficult right then and then you afterwards it's like you're a little emptier mm -hmm. and like you feel more spacious i feel more spacious i feel more empty and it's a good feeling it's like a kind of floaty feeling almost um uh, and that usually happens the day after so the day after brain spotting last week i uh was wanting to record the intro for the last podcast and i had this idea and i wanted to look at my notes on something and my notes were on this particular book and i got this intuition that the book was for david that i was to send the book to david um well he got it today uh-uh okay that's exciting okay um no pressure but you better love it um just kidding so um <laughs> i so, but I sent it, right? So, um, and this kind of goes along with the next right step thing that we always talk about. So I sent the book to David. And then from that, I got another, in, my intuition was to um, read uh, one of Elizabeth Gilbert's poems that actually a friend had transcribed for me because this isn't published anywhere it's mm -hmm. you know so a friend literally like transcribed this for me and gave it to me on my 40th birthday i read it and i just got this feeling of just peace and calm and then i thought you know this friend this particular friend that um, wrote it to me you know we are currently you know not really talking and it's all kind of an offshoot of my resignation and, you know, that whole mess. And mm -hmm. there are, you know, several, I mean, I lost a lot of people that I really love and cherish and care about. And um, that's been really difficult and necessary. But suddenly I just knew that I, I just, no, I didn't know. I just found myself reaching out to several of these people. And I, I know, and how'd that go? Well, what I did, what I decided to do was the Ho'oponopono prayer, and that is, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you, and I sent that message to several people, and got a really nice response. Um, you know. And like I, you know, had happy tears and they had happy tears and it was nice. Um, and, you know, there hasn't been much beyond that yet. And, but I, it was just such a beautiful moment. And I knew that it was on purpose. I knew that I was to do it, not because the thought even came to me, but because I just found myself doing it. And I think the reason why that happened is because I followed two intuitions that occurred to me, like right away. 
And so by the third one, I didn't even need to register it. That's when life was carrying me. You know what I mean? That was me being done instead of me being the doer. Well, this is really exciting to hear because this is something that you have been missing, but also historically in tune with. I know. And that's what I told my husband. I was like, it was like, I was me again. You know, I was just, yeah. I was, I was me. And what I forgot to mention that in between the sending David, the book and that poem, I, uh, my son was sick and I needed to go and get him something from, uh, the drugstore and it's my pharmacy. And I always just, I so appreciate all the people at that pharmacy. They are so kind and, you know, I just love them. I just love them. And, uh, you know, they always know me and I chat with them. And there's a lot of pharmacies that have closed that literally have closed because of staffing issues. And this pharmacy is just, they rock it, you know, and I see them all the time. So busy. And long ago, I had thought one day I want to like do something kind for them. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to the pharmacy. So I went and picked up donuts first and yeah then went to the pharmacy and like dropped them off there for them. And the feeling that I had as I walked, like, you know, handed them the donuts. I wasn't there to get any prescriptions. I just wanted to give them that. And then I went to go get what I was there for my son. And I thought, oh, I'm me. Like it's me, you know, this, that is so me, you know, and I. When you say that, I think it's important for, for us to recognize this is something that happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. And for most of us, it happens over and over again. Mm -hmm. So we disconnect from our true self, our authentic self so many times, but we also very often come back to it. Yes, yes. You know, that's the hero's journey. And that's what it feels like. It feels like I had a call. I've been facing the dragon and it feels like I'm now kind of returning with the treasure um, and bringing it back to my, my life. And it was just, you know, so, and I'm just so grateful. I was just filled with this gratitude and peace. And then I had the realization that nothing was different about that day. You know, it, it was mundane things, right? My son's home. Right. Sick. It wasn't like, you know, I was doing something amazing. It was my day. It was just my day. And the difference was I trusted my intuition. I trusted life. I trusted what was happening. And part of, I think the hard part for us is when it doesn't seem to be happening. What happens is we stop trusting because we think, oh, well, I'm not being carried. Oh, I don't find myself doing this. Oh, I don't feel like, I don't feel like me. Oh, I must be doing something wrong. Something's going wrong. And then we're just off track instead of going, oh, this is the moment where I'm to trust that nothing's happening. And that is what I did. And you love to tell the story, Mary, about how when I was learning to trust my intuition and I would just like follow anybody, like I followed that Jeep because it said follow me. And I like, yeah. I would go and I'd be, I'd, I'd just go, oh, my intuition is I need to go to the bench. And so I'd go sit on the bench and I'd think, okay, where's the money? Where's the treasure? Like what, you know, where's Prince Charming? Where, where what's here? 
you know, why, right. what magic brought me to this bench? And I, I would have to just sit at the bench, you know, and then I get another intuition. I go, oh, for sure. It's over there then, you know, and I yeah. follow it. And it was about recognizing that I don't know what's happening. You know, I don't know what's happening. And letting go of expectations. Yes. Right, right, right. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And expectations are the quickest path to disappointment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yet we have them all the time. I know. Why do we do that? Because we want to know what's going to happen. We like to be prepared. Right. In control. That's my In control. Yeah. Well, even wanting to be, wanting to be prepared is wanting to be in control. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And so I think, you know, when we relax into it and those moments where we don't feel that, and look, I've been going through a lot of moments that haven't felt like that. Um, and, and there have been a lot of moments where I thought I can't find it. You know, I can't find the part of me that trusts life. I can't find the part of me that, you know, feels like life is friendly and for me, you know, and, um, yeah, I've been going through one of those moments and those moments, I always know this, and this is what I would try to tell myself as soon as I remembered. I always know that those moments, there's going to be a time where I look back on them and I get it. I get why nothing happened. I get why I felt that way. I get it. So um, I'm teaching a mindfulness and intuition for grief and loss course. Oh, nice. Right now, it just started last night and we did a breathing exercise. All I said was notice your breath. Don't try to change it. Don't do anything. Just notice it going in and out of your body. And we practiced it. And then we processed, like, how did it go? What did you notice? Which is a question I frequently ask in those sessions. And somebody said, I couldn't find my center. Yeah. And what I said was the exercise was to focus on your breath. Mm-hmm. So finding center is your destination. Mm. Your breath is your like compass. So you're lost in the woods and you're trying to get out. Yes. You need your breath. Yes. To give you that direction. Yes. And get you where you want to go. Yes. And that is so the breath is the compass. And in those moments, that's what we're doing. That is really, really poignant for me. So a couple other things, animals showed up this week. Okay. We were going on a walk and um, there was a mom and dad goose, Canadian geese, and four or five little babies. And geese are very protective and quite aggressive whenever, and there, there's a communication message there and sort of a connection message, Mm -hmm. family, that kind of thing. So, and then the other, the other thing that happened there, hawks normally travel alone. Mm. And I, hawk is like 
a, a guiding animal for me. So they, uh, hawks have shown up in my life so much, like so regularly since, um, 2014, like there was a specific yes. moment that these dozen hawks, I mean, I swear it was like 12. And I will have to say that sometimes any, I see any bird of prey <laughs> as a hawk. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, a dozen, and they were flying around haphazardly. And then all of a sudden, and it was a moment that I needed to be seen and know that I was going to be okay. Yeah. And then in that moment, what happened is they started circling. I was overlooking a pond and they started circling the pond. Yes. Yeah. It was such an amazing moment, but, and Hawks, very often hawks, but sometimes vultures, let's not lie. Uh, <laughs> occasionally eagles, but that's infrequent. But the other day, Damon and I were out in the yard and two hawks gave a warning cry and came, you can see them kind of come over our yard and there's two chickens in our yard, yeah. two hawks. Yeah. And so you know, the idea of predator and prey. It's uh, interesting because uh, I had a also a time with circling, um, but it, they were seagulls, but they were circling. Um, and it was someone, you know, someone dear, just a dear, dear, dear man who, I mean, this man was just so sweet and so kind. And he just... He just kind of exuded love and he was the grandfather of, of someone I knew. Um, and I, I just love this man. And, uh, I got the honor of being out on a boat with the family when they, you know, uh, put his ashes into the ocean because he lived right at the ocean. Uh, mm -hmm. his name, and everybody called him pop pop. And, uh, so we're going out and, um, I just felt him. I felt, you know, just, it was like, he was just giving everybody a hug. And all of a sudden I said, oh my goodness, look. And everybody looks up at what I'm seeing. And it is a rainbow a circling the sun. So like a rainbow circle around the sun. And later we would look it up and find out that it's something called a solar halo, but none of us had heard of it before then. And it is pretty rare. And so we had that, and then we have this one bird, mm -hmm. and um, and then uh, like three or four birds, and they were just circling, circling over the boat. And we weren't fishing; it wasn't a fishing boat. It was, and they're just literally like drawing a circle around the boat. And right at the moment, because what what they got was this certain kind of container that is not bad for the environment is good for the ocean that you put out into the water. And then after a few moments, like it gives you a few moments of watching it float. And then after a few moments, it's designed to fall. And so, you know, pop pop was put, you know, out there and there was this floating moment and everybody's crying. And just as his youngest daughter starts to wail because the, 
uh, ashes were falling down, right at that time, uh, these Navy planes flew over in the missing man formation, which is what they- Oh, did. wow. And Pop Pop had always said he was a fighter pilot in a previous life. And every time we were with Pop Pop, we'd be on the beach and all of a sudden there'd be a plane and he would just do this. He didn't even say anything. He would just point his finger in the air saying to look and everybody would yeah. look. And so the missing man formation flew just as his ashes went down. And it was, and everybody, and it was so funny because I had been talking to uh, his son, one of Pop Pop's sons, uh, about intuition and all these things. And it was, you know, pretty far along in my journey with trying to consciously go on all this. And he looked at me and he said, did you do this? <laughs> I said, no, I didn't do anything. Right. It, but it was really, really cool. That's magic. I know. I mean, you can't make that stuff happen. Uh -uh. And every single one of us just knew, like in that moment, we just knew that all of life, was a part of us and that pop-up was not gone. Do you want to hear the symbolic meaning for seagulls? Well, of course. Family, freedom, <laughs> adaptation, intelligence, opportunistic, resourceful, communicative. The word gull is derived from gullible. It's named thusly, presumably because the seagull will swallow anything it can cram down its gullet. <laughs> and so I just looked up what's your sign.com. It's one of my favorite sites for looking up animal symbolism. Yeah. What's your sign.com. When you were talking about the geese, what occurred to me, cause I, you know, in, at the start, I was talking about Elizabeth Gilbert's poem, but one of my other favorite poems, and I think it's pretty popular. So lots of people know it, um, but it's Wild Geese. And it starts, you do not have by to- Mary, Is that by Mary Oliver? By Mary Oliver, yeah. And it's, you do not, I, I like the first two lines, which are, you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk across the desert on your knees for a hundred miles. You only need to watch let the soft animal of your body love what it loves and, you know and it's this letting you be not perfect and I say those lines to me all the time when I notice that I'm being really really hard on myself which mm -hmm. lately has been a lot I've had a lot of self-recriminating thoughts and, and I think they've been there but I've just right recently woken up and like been able to be the watcher and hear them yes and so when I see it you know, when I hear it, I, that's what I say. You do not have to be good. You don't. So, okay. What, what I'm thinking about is like, I was on a walk yesterday and there were several people. I was just me and Roxy, the dog. And there were several people walking together and, you know, I see them in the neighborhood and stuff. And I was like, kind of sugary sweet. I mean, it wasn't over the top fake. But when I walked away from it, I was like, what, what is that about? You know, like, yeah. so putting on my kind, which is not a bad thing, I, I know, but yes, you know, we put on these exterior yeah. selves all the time. Yeah. 
but I was kind of just watching myself in that moment. Well, that's interesting because I know exactly what you're talking about, of course, and I do it and I love it. To me, I'm actually being like me when I do that. Like I think me. talking about something different. Yes. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being kind and polite. And I think I'm genuinely a kind and polite person, like authentically. Sure. But the unpolished version of me, as you well know, it's not always super, you know, sugary sweet. You know, I'm like, that's stupid. You shouldn't do that. Like, that's a bad (laughs) idea. Why are you doing that? (laughs) So I don't know. I was just an observation. And, you know, I think one of the things that we kind of started with is how sometimes this magic shows up and that has happened for both of us in the past week, but there's also periods where the magic doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true. And I also think there's times where magic is there and we don't see it. And that might be even more true. Mm -hmm. And so how do we get through those moments without beating ourselves up? I mean, how do we create more of those moments without snuffing them out at the same time? Right. You know, because when we try to create more of those moments, you know, less is more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we force things to happen, they, at least for me, mm-hmm. when I try to force things to happen, it never happens. Right, right. Yeah. And so I think that's part of what I, you know, the realization that I had from this experience, it was the way that I got there was trusting my intuition, trusting the moment that was in front of me enough times to get to the place where I felt, wow, this feels great, you know? So, and I wasn't doing it to get to that place. Like the intuition happened, I did it. The intuition happened, I did it. And so it's, it's doing what's in, what's in front of us and trusting what's in front of us. Like it's here, this moment where I feel disconnected, where I don't feel like me is here. It's on purpose. So I accept it. And I think becoming the observer is a good way to do that to the observer of your own experience. So observing your thoughts, mm-hmm. like watching yourself think, you know, magic never happens or, um, you know, my life is horrible or nobody cares about me, whatever it is that is running through our mind. So just becoming the observer yes. of your own experience your thoughts yes feelings other non, experience the non-judgmental observer you know non-judgmental yes and if there's a judgmental observer then you observe that because that just isn't you either like that's just a part of the experience for you to observe right yeah and another thing i think is like grounding you know like Um, or earthing so being connected to this moment literally you know like for me it's weeding the garden literally weeding the garden right right or 
you know, going on a walk and just listening to my footsteps hit the ground or yes. paying attention to the wind or the birds or, you know, whatever sensory aspects are happening. Yes. Well, I feel like I got this metaphor um, and I think that I've talked about it just once before, but I feel like it's a create more on this. So I'm going to share it. And that is when I was getting my tattoo of the Lotus, I got the tattoo because I would, I, you know, it was muddy and yucky, like what I was, what I've been trying to dive into um, and heal and be okay from and see why what it's here to teach me and embrace all that and grow and all that yuck, but it's been yuck. It's been really gross. So I put, um, you know, the Lotus on to remind me that there is going to be the flower. There is going to be the flower after this. Um, and when I was getting the tattoo, I, it hurt, it hurt, yeah. right. It hurts to get a tattoo. Right. And I did not suffer because I chose it. Like I, I knew that it was leaving. I knew it wasn't permanent. And I also knew that I chose it. And I had this realization that if I can, but accept that concept, that any pain that is happening is temporary. And on some level, I chose it. If I can really get to that place, then things flow with ease. And we- You're free from your suffering. Yeah. And I think accepting it and- I, well, I think that that's kind of tricky to talk about. Like I on some level chose it. And I, I think for me too, I fundamentally believe that as well. And also recognize that sometimes when we hear that, it feels a little like victim blaming. Yeah. And that's not the same. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. What we're talking about is freedom from our own suffering yes. and we ex when we accept some level of responsibility in our suffering not the not the trauma or the the thing that happened to us but not accepting other people's responsibility but accepting our responsibility for the suffering yeah um, yes and to know then, that then it frees us it does. It really, really does. And it frees us to know everything. And this is, goes back to a return to love because, uh, you know, everything, everything is here for our freedom. Everything, uh, every pain that we're experiencing now is here for our freedom. And I'm not saying every pain in your past. I'm saying every pain right now, right now, when some of the things that happened to me that I've been healing from happened, I didn't have that message. This is here for your freedom because it wasn't. <laughs> but my looking at what happened in the past right now, the pain that I'm experiencing from that, that is on purpose. That is here for my freedom because I hear that message. If you can hear that message, then it's time to embrace it. And there is also a time but that's not true. Well, if, and if none of these things work, my favorite from Abraham Hicks is take a nap. Amen. Just go to sleep. Literally just like take a nap. Yep. 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 That's why depression makes us sleep. <laughs> right. And I mean, you wouldn't run on a broken ankle 
Right. Right. So sometimes just sleeping or, you know, distracting yourself until, until you're ready yeah, or until you're healed enough to be able to get to a place of acceptance. Awesome. And then you might get to a place of acceptance and then you're, you're right back where you started again. Mm-hmm. And if you're caught in it, then it just means it's time to put it down and stop trying to understand it. That's one of the things that my husband teaches me because I'll be like trying to tell him how it all works and like, look, oh, this, and then this, and then this is crazy. And he'll just look at me and go, okay, you lost me. Like, yeah, I'm done. Enough. Yeah. And my kids do it too. Yeah, exactly. And so enough is enough. Like don't spin your wheels. So don't spin your wheels, but do continue to listen to us. And thank you so much, so much, so much for listening. And here's the deal. We have bumper stickers, everybody. We have bumper stickers. And what we would like for you to do, if you will send us a, an instant message, and I never know if it's IM or DM. So whichever one you do, send that. And if you'll send that with your address, I and Mary, we will pay for the stamp and we will mail it to you so that you can put it on your windshield, which is where mine is right now, because I don't like to put it on the paint. But uh, we are really excited to give these out. So... IMDM us, IMDM. You have been listening to Truth and Unpolished, the podcast. Let's see what happens next.